great job. Take your Bibles this morning and turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 1. 2 Corinthians chapter 1. We're going to get to these verses in just a couple minutes. I don't think I even need to tell you this for you to understand that life is full of difficulties. And I heard a story about a doctor who said to the patient, he said, well, I have, I have bad news and I have worse news. And the patient said, well, let me have it. And the doctor said, well, the bad news is that you have only 24 hours to live. And the patient stood there for a second and he thought, wow, I can't imagine what could be worse news than that. What's, what's worse than finding out that you have 24 hours to live? And the doctor said, I forgot to tell you yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> Second Corinthians chapter 1, verse number 1, Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ by the will of God, and Timothy, our brother, unto the church of God which is at Corinth with all the saints which are in all Achaia, grace be to you and peace from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. Blessed be God, even the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and the God of all comfort who comforted us in our, all our tribulation, that we may be able to comfort them which are in any trouble by the comfort wherewith we ourselves are comforted of God. And I have, the, I have the privilege as your pastor to walk through difficulties with you. And I say privilege because I'm glad to be able to do it. The job of the pastor is a whole lot more than just getting up and preaching a few times a week. And I know that you know that, but most of the time that's the only place you see me is standing up here and preaching and everybody wants to be a pastor because you don't work. And, uh, but there's a lot more to it than that, obviously, and, and even though I may not be walking through that trial myself, you're my people, and you're my responsibility, and I'm glad to walk through those with you. And you can imagine the weight of, of a lot of trials at once, but I, 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 I'm glad to be able to bear those trials with you, and I don't want you to ever think that, oh, the pastor's too busy, I can't call him. I'm busy, I've got a lot of things going on, but, but people are what the whole purpose of this is. My father-in-law always used to say the ministry would be great if it wasn't for people, and I think he's right, but uh, if, if there was no people, there would be no ministry either, and so uh, I, I rejoice when you rejoice, I hurt when you hurt, but that said, I know that the difficulties and the trials that many of you uh, have faced, I know them, and I, and I know the difficulties and the trials that you are facing, and I'm glad to be able to walk through those with you, but we live in a world of, of trial and trouble and tribulation, and in fact, Jesus even tells us that as believers, he said this in John chapter 16 and verse 33, that in the world ye shall have tribulation, right? Shall is not a question mark. Shall is, a, is, is an emphatic word. You shall have tribulation. You're going to face difficulties in this world as a Christian. Just because we're saved doesn't mean that we're not going to go through periods of sorrow. Just because we're born again doesn't mean that that uh, we won't have our share of burdens in this life. The, the thing is, this world is not our home. We're just passing through. And if you get comfortable in this world, then there's something wrong as a Christian. You ought not to be comfortable here. But I'm glad that as Christians, we don't have to walk through this pilgrim land comfortless. And that's exactly what we find in 2 Corinthians chapter 1. And what I want to share with you this morning is three things that I, I really hope will be a help and an encouragement to you this morning. The title of the message is simply this. Considerations for the Christian in need of comfort. Considerations for the Christian in need of comfort. And I want to give you three considerations this morning from this passage here in 2 Corinthians chapter 1. But let's pray, and then we'll get into these things this morning. Father, we love you. Again, we thank you for an opportunity to be here. 
God, you know the situation that every person has gone through, every person is going through, and you know everything that everybody will go through. All of us as Christians are going to be in a position where at some point we need to be comforted. So God, I pray that whether this message is a help and an encouragement today or whether it'll be a help and encouragement down the road, I pray that it would be a benefit to all of us this morning and a help to all of us this morning. God, may we be reminded that we don't have to go through these things alone. And may the message help us this morning in Jesus' name. Amen. First thing I want you to see and consider is the source of our comfort. 2 Corinthians chapter 1 there, verse number 3 says, Blessed be God, even the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and the God of all comfort. Now, when you consider who wrote the book, and obviously we know that because Paul addresses himself right there at the very beginning and, and uh, says that he's the one that's writing this book, but the Apostle Paul, and you realize what the Apostle Paul went through, it changes the meaning of this verse. Now, this was not written by someone who was writing from an air-conditioned office on a beautiful desk with a great view overlooking the city. This is somebody who had spent a lot of time in trials and tribulations. Uh, this, one was, this, was, this was written by a man who had gone through some serious tribulations. And you don't have to turn there unless you want to, but over in 2 Corinthians chapter 11, just a few chapters after he wrote these verses, uh, he detailed some of the things that he had been through. And he said, you know, I've been through so many whippings that I can't even count them, but let me try to estimate them for you. He said, five times I've received 39 stripes. Do you know that they say that 40 stripes was enough to kill a man, and so if they wanted to bring him to the brink of death, they would give him 39 stripes. That's why they whipped Jesus 39 times with a cat of nine tails, because if he had whipped, they'd been whipped 40 times, they say that 40 times is enough to kill somebody because of a loss of blood and everything else. But five times Paul was whipped 39 times, he said. Three times he was beaten with rods. He was stoned and left for dead. He was shipwrecked three times. He bobbed up and down in the Mediterranean, he said, for a full day and a full night. He spent a lot of time in prison. He was robbed. He was in perils, he said, in the, in the, uh, in the water, in the city, in the wilderness, in the sea. This was a man who knew what tribulation was all about. But what Paul came to realize... And what he shares with us is that God is the source of our comfort. In 2 Corinthians chapter 11, where Paul lists all of those troubles, he said that most of it was brought on by his countrymen and by false brethren, people that he should have been able to trust, people that he should have been able to rely on to help him through those things, people that he should have been able to gather comfort from, but instead, they were the ones that were bringing him the distress. They were the ones that were putting him through those tribulations. He knew what it meant to seek comfort in the places where you would normally find comfort and come up empty. A missionary couple brought some African pastors to the United States for a big meeting, and during their free time, he, 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 they wanted to go shopping. And knowing that they were from just a small little village in Africa and that the, that the city that they were in was very different from where they had come from, he gave all of them his phone number and a quarter that they could put into the payphone. And he sent them out to the city, and he said, if you get lost, call me. He had a feeling that he was going to get a call, and sure enough, just a, about an hour or so later, his phone rang, and he picked up the phone, and there was one of those missionaries on the other end. Pastor, I'm lost. He said, all right, set the phone down. Don't hang it up. Set the phone down and walk to the nearest corner where you are and tell me what the sign says for the street names. A couple minutes later, that, that, uh, that African pastor came back, and he said, I'm at the corner of walk and don't walk. And you know that the trials of life sometimes make us feel like we're lost. Do you walk or do you stop? Do you, do you go or do you stay? Which direction am I supposed to go? Where do I turn? What am I supposed to do? 
We feel directionless. We don't know which way to turn. And sometimes it feels that, uh, that there are no good options. But God often allows those trials in our lives so we can realize that He is the only source of comfort. He is the only place that we can and should turn. And so as believers, uh, we don't need to search for comfort in the realm of the temporal. Our source of comfort is eternal. And in this verse right here, verse number 3, we find that, that the wellspring of our help, that the origin of our solace, the source of our comfort, God, he says, God, even the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and the God of all comfort. As Christians, our comfort comes from God. We don't need to seek it in any other place. It was a submarine that was being tested, and so they had to, they had to remain submerged uh, under the uh, ocean waves for many hours and they, they spent a couple days testing this, this uh, submarine out. And when they resurfaced, uh, the captain reported to his superior officers. And, they, and the superior officer said, boy, uh, how did you guys do during that storm? And the captain of that submarine said, what storm? We didn't feel anything. And they, what these, the, the sailors call the, um, the cushion of the sea. They had reached that point where they were so far below the waves that they didn't feel anything that was going on on the surface. And it turned out that there was a whole lot of things that were happening. So a couple of ships had actually even been sunk in that storm. That's how violent the waves were. Those in the submarine didn't feel anything because they were so deep in the water that, there was, that, there, that, they, that they didn't feel any of those waves. And boy, isn't that exactly the way that it is? When we find our comfort in God, we get so deep into His comfort that we don't feel everything else that's going on around us. A Christian will be protected against the distracting waves of worry and the distracting waves of doubt and the distracting waves of faithlessness if we're resting completely in God. Because it's only there when we're sheltered by His grace and sheltered by His comfort that we can rest apart from all of those other things that would normally be something that would cause us very much distress and unrest. We can find that perfect peace that only comes through Christ in the middle of a trial. And so we see that Paul gives us, first of all, the source of our comfort, but secondly, he talks about the scope of our comfort. And right there in verse number three as well, he says, Blessed be God, even the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and the God of all comfort. Now, that's a small little word, but that word all means a whole lot. It's One of the smallest words in our English language, but there is so much that's encompassed by that word all. He is the God of all comfort. And that word all in this verse reveals to us the supply of, all the comfort we need comes from God. It's the, the, just so expansive. And, and when we see the scope of that comfort, that we don't need comfort in anything else, it all comes from God. It's good to know that God's not limited in the amount of comfort that he can give us. All right? we, we serve a God that is far bigger than even we give him credit for. And we know that we serve a big God. In fact, we start teaching our kids that at a very young age. My God is so big, so strong, and so mighty. There's nothing my God cannot do. But then we get in the middle of a trial, and all of a sudden, we forget that. We start looking for comfort in all of these other places. We start posting things on social media, hoping that people will comfort us. We start, uh, you know, we start getting out there on GoFundMe and asking for comfort, and we need help. We're turning to all the places except the source of all comfort. Andrew Murray wrote in his book, Humility, The Beauty of Holiness, he wrote this, In trial and weakness and trouble, he seeks to bring us low until we learn that his grace is all, and to take pleasure in the very thing that brings us and keeps us low. 
His strength is made perfect in our weakness. His presence filling and satisfying our emptiness becomes the secret of humility that need never fail. When it comes to sorrow and distress and trial and battle and sickness and an uncertainty and on and on we could go, God can comfort us in all of those things. And a lot of times he allows us to get into those situations so that we realize that he is the God of all comfort. The problem with most Christians is that when we go through trials, the last place we look is to God for that comfort. The first place we should run for comfort when we run into a trial is to God. And we'll find out that we don't need all of those other things. Oh, it's nice to have people to, to, you know, to know that people are praying for us or to know that there's people that are concerned about us. And I'm not saying that it's a wrong thing to, to post something that, that happened difficult on Facebook or any of these other places. I'm not saying that it's wrong to have a GoFundMe. But, but what, what are you seeking as the source of your comfort? Are you going to those places or are you going to God? It's just like a child that gets frightened or hurt. Where do they run first? Mama, daddy, right? When, when they fall down and they, and they get hurt and they stand up, they don't, they don't run to Facebook and tell everybody that they fell down and got hurt, right? They're looking for mama. Or, or you know, they, 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 they realize that they got separated and they're standing in the middle of the store and they don't know where they're at. Do they start crying, Facebook, right? Oh, what do they start crying? Mama! Right? They know where the comfort comes from. And that's exactly the first thought that ought to be on our mind, too. You get into the middle of a difficulty, and the first thought ought not to be, Facebook! Right? The first thought ought to be, God, help me! Help me! Just like a little child. When we were in Belize this past week, uh, Pastor Blanco told us a story about a couple of guys who had been out. I don't know if they were fishing or if they were searching for you know, little treasures or whatever else, but they were in the Caribbean, and they found these rocks, nice, big-sized rocks that had these barnacles all over them. And there was two of them, so both of them grabbed one, and, then, and one guy said, you know what, that's, that, I think I'm going to use that as a doorstop in my house. That's pretty cool. It was pretty colorful because of all the shells and barnacles and things that were on it. And so they brought it back to their house, and they did. They, you know, both of them got one, and they each put it as a doorstop in their house. And over the course of the time, you know, just the door opening and closing and them moving that doorstop to close and open the door, uh, it got worn down. And one of the guys picked up this rock, and this, these are people that, that uh, Pastor Blanco, if he didn't know them personally, at least he knew uh, who they were, picked up the block to, to move it and noticed that, that a lot of the barnacles had been rubbed off of the bottom and realized that it wasn't a rock. It was gold. And so he took it to a jeweler, and he had them test it, and they said, yes, what you have in your hand is a solid block of gold. So he scraped all those barnacles off, and the first thing he did, he called his friend, and he said, hey, what'd you do with that rock that we got when we were out there in the Caribbean? And he said, oh, man, I threw that thing away months ago. He said, you realize what you did was threw away a whole chunk of gold. And, the, uh, you know, I, I wonder how often we as Christians do the same thing when it comes to running to God and seeking that comfort only in him. Right? We, we don't realize the value of what we have in Jesus Christ. We don't realize the value of that comfort that we get from God and what we possess in Him. He's the God of all comfort. We don't need any other source. And if we don't need any other source, then we shouldn't be looking anywhere else. The third thing we see here is this, and we find that in verse number four. I saw the source of our comfort, the scope of our comfort. And one, I want you to consider, lastly, I had to keep it with an S, is the scheme of our comfort. And by that, I mean the reason God allows us to go through trials. The reason God allows 
those difficulties to come into our life and the comfort that he brings as a result of those difficulties. But he says in verse number four of 2 Corinthians chapter one, who comforteth us in all our tribulations that we may be able to comfort them which are in any trouble by the comfort wherewith we ourselves are comforted of God. Everything God does is for a reason. You know, God doesn't, God doesn't toy with our lives. He doesn't play with us like pawns in a chess match. He's not just, oh, let me do this and see what happens. He's not experimenting with our lives. Everything God allows in our lives, he allows for a very specific reason. He's trying to accomplish a very specific purpose in our lives. And here we read that the God of comfort allows us to go through those things so that we in turn can testify of his goodness that he gave to us to other people when they're going through the exact same thing. When my mom died in 2018, it was a very difficult time. There didn't seem to be any reason why God would have allowed my mom to die at such a young age. And I still don't know why he, he allowed that to happen. And I suppose I never will until I'm able to ask him when we get to heaven. But I learned something through that time. I learned what it felt like to lose a mother. I learned how difficult it was to lose somebody that you're very close to. I learned how it felt and how bad it hurts to lose somebody like that. And you know what came out of that? Every time for the last five years or so that I've gone and, and visited with people as a chaplain, I've been able to tell them, I know exactly what you're going through. I know how it feels. I've been there. And most of the time what happens when I say that, people look at me and they say, oh, I'm so sorry to hear that you lost your mother. And I tell them, I'm not, I'm not telling you that because I'm trying to get sympathy from you. I tell you that because I want you to understand, I know what it feels like. I know what you're going through. I know what you're in the middle of right now, and I know how hard it is. And God allows me to be a comfort to them because of what I had to experience. I don't know why God allowed me to experience it. I don't know why he put us through those things. But I know that because he did put me through those things, I was able to be comforted by God, and I'm able to help others because of the comfort that he gave me when I was going through those things. No trial. No battle, no trouble is wasted when we let God give us something in the middle of that period that we can use on the other side of it to help and bless somebody else. I heard a story about a pastor, an evangelist. He was actually conducting a meeting in Chicago at the Salvation Army. This was back in the early 1900s. And after a message, a man came up to him and he said, if, 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 if your wife had just died like mine has, if your children were crying for their mother who was never going to come back, you wouldn't be saying the things that you're saying. You wouldn't be talking about God being a God of comfort if you were going through the same things that I'm going through. And that evangelist had not been through that before, and so he didn't really have an answer for this man. But wouldn't you know, just a couple days later, this evangelist's wife was killed in a train wreck. And her body was actually brought back to that exact same citadel where he had been preaching just a few nights before. And that evangelist, after he looked into the coffin and saw the body of his wife, got up in front of that auditorium and he said, the other day a man told me that I wouldn't speak of the sympathy of Jesus if my wife had just died. He said, if that man is here, I want to tell him that Christ is sufficient. My heart is broken, but it has a song put there by Jesus. I want that man to know that Jesus Christ speaks comfort to me today. I can say with certainty that nobody likes to go through a trial. But remember that when you go through those trials with the Lord's help, you have the opportunity to be a blessing to somebody else that's going to go through that or that is going through that. 
And I've seen it happen many times with people who have lost a husband or a wife and how they're able to help somebody else who just lost a spouse to go through those things. Or somebody who lost a father or a mother that's able to help somebody else that's lost a father or a mother. Or somebody that's been through some very difficult illness who is able to help somebody else that's going through that illness because they know what it feels like and they've had the comfort that only comes from God and they can share that with somebody else story of why we go through those difficulties. We may never actually understand why, but we do know what comes out of it. We can be a help and a comfort and a blessing to others because Jesus Christ did that exact same thing for us. If you live long enough, you're going to find that trials are just as much a part of life as the good times and the blessings that come from God. When you get into those difficult times, you have to remember the source of your comfort. It's found in God and in God alone. You have to remember the scope of that comfort. It's all-encompassing. Everything you need can be found in him alone. You have to remember the scheme of that comfort, the story of the trial and the comfort that came from it. You can use that to help somebody else. Let me end with this illustration. Two frogs fell into a tub of cream. And one looked at the sides of that tub, and they were so high, and he said, this is far too difficult. There's no way that we're going to get out of this thing. And he gave up, and he sunk to the bottom of that bucket. But the other frog said, you know what? I don't see any way out. But something might happen. And so he kept kicking and kicking and kicking. And eventually that cream turned into butter and he jumped over the side. <laughs> when you find yourself in one of those difficult spots in life, look to the Lord for your comfort and just keep kicking. Because you'll find that through him, you'll be all right. You'll get through it. But you have to look to him as the source. You have to find your comfort in him. And don't give up. There's a reason he's having you go through that. Very possibly he wants you to be a help to somebody else. And you can be a testimony of the grace of God because you've lived it. Let's pray. Father, we love you. Again, we thank you so much for your goodness to us. Thank you for being the God of all comfort. God, when we go through those difficult times, when we go through those things that are tough, when we go through those things that are hard, pray that you'd help us to, to not point our faces in the direction of the world or in the sympathy that they can give, but God, that we'd look to you and that you would be the source of all of our comfort so that we might be a comfort to other people who are going through the same thing. God, may you use our trials and our tribulation for your glory. God, I pray that this would be a help to us, whether we've gone through a trial, whether we're in the middle of a trial now, or whether we're going to, because every one of us is in one of those three categories, and we're all going to face it. God, I pray that this would be a help and encouragement to us this morning. Thank you again for everything you do for us, in Jesus' name, amen. If you would, stand at your seat with your heads bowed and your eyes closed as the piano plays this morning. I don't know how God's used this in your heart. If he has, then... You need to make a decision or you need to talk to the Lord about it this morning. That's what this time is for. So the invitation's open. You come.